Back here on Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning, Steve Cashel and Dr. Greg Nicholson from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Nicholson, one of the team physicians for the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. And time now for our Ask the Doctor segment. You can go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, and that homepage, look on the right side underneath the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly, and hit the... Uh, Link there, ask the doctor. You can submit your question. We also have one in the air right now, Dr. Nicholson. If you're ready, let's bring on Madeline from Western Springs. Hi, Madeline. You got a question for the doc? Yeah. Hi, Steve. Hi, Dr. Nicholson. I was wondering, I have arthritis, and I think I need a shoulder replacement. After my surgery, what type of activity will I be able to do? Uh, It's a great question because... Everybody knows somebody who's had a hip or knee replacement. And if you hear at a cocktail party, I'm going to have my knee replaced, nobody even blinks because they've been visibly limping. With the shoulder, we hide it a little bit longer. So as a shoulder replacement specialist like me, I see that patient farther down the road in their disease process. And maybe the patient has waited a little bit longer than somebody with a hip and knee replacement to pull the trigger. Also, We do about 1.1 million hips and knees in this country a year. We do about 70,000 hip uh, shoulder replacements. So it's kind of a quantum difference. So a commonality of experience with a shoulder replacement isn't out there. And, And to the caller's question, people hear horror stories. The therapists say, oh, don't have that done. Or, hey, you'll never do this or you'll never do that. So what I tell my patients is, After a shoulder replacement, you can almost guarantee you 99% pain relief. The the activity-related pain will go away. Your sleep disturbance will go away. But they always want to know, what can they do? Can I throw? Can I play golf? Can I garden? And what's my range of motion? A couple good studies were out there about four or five years ago. So in layman's terms, you can think, I'm going to restore about 80% of the normal range of motion and 80% of the normal strength that somebody your gender, your age, would have had if they'd never had a shoulder problem. So that's pretty good. Second thing, what about activity? We let you, What I tell people is, I just don't want you to do an impact activity, which is a sudden violent stop, like, for example, chopping wood or post hole digging, or in the winter, you got to be careful about shoveling snow and really accelerating. But I'll tell them, hey, I want you playing golf, tennis, handball, gardening, bowling, yard work, so that they know, hey, we're going to get back from this. Because I think there's a lot of, not misinformation, but maybe not enough information out there about how well a shoulder replacement does. And in fact, if you compare it to hip and knee replacement, less bleeding, less infection, uh, durability equal, if not better, than hip and knee. Uh, So it's a wonderful operation if done for the right reasons, osteoarthritis, for pain relief and improved function. It's just not as common as our hip and knee replacement out there. Yeah, Dr. Nicholson, I I can't picture a shoulder replacement. I mean, how big is the... (laughs) Actual replacements. Well, like anything else. Uh, we have, ball and socket? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, anatomic sizes. If you think of the shoulder as being a golf ball sitting on a golf tee, okay. the golf tee is vertical. So the, the ball itself is really a hemisphere, but it's three to four times bigger than the socket, what we call the glenoid. So you're talking about, again, the rotator cuff controlling that ball on the socket. So... It's, a, it's really a soft tissue balancing operation is what it comes down to. We're replacing the arthritic surfaces, 
but we're allowing the shoulder to get back to more normal activity. So to the caller's point, I think there's some fear out there sometimes that they wait and wait and wait, and I'll just stop doing those activities. Um, but what really drives that patient to come see me and finally say, you got to do something is that sleep disturbance or they've changed their lifestyle. And we don't want them to do that. Because just the chronic pain, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not talking about acute pain. You're talking about chronic, chronic pain. pain that it just won't go away. And Because I, I have not heard a lot of shoulder uh, surgeries, uh, you know, the replacement. That's right. And again, I think that's part of it. If you look at uh, 2011 in the United States, we did 35 to 40,000 shoulder replacements in the United States. In 2018, we're probably on par to do about eight. 80,000. So that's about a doubling in about five or six years because the, the technology is better, the indications are better, and we're more confident in how that patient's going to do and the durability of that operation. Now, obviously, I would tell you that um, you, you probably, if you're going to have that operation caller, you want to have it by somebody who does shoulder replacement for a living because, because it's not as common. Uh, there are surgeons. Good orthopedic surgeons, don't get me wrong here, that do that operation, but you want to uh, have that done by somebody who probably does 20 or more a year because we know the functionality and the result is better and the the complication rate is lower when you're doing a high volume of that surgery. What type of incision? Uh, We have make a small incision in the front of the shoulder. There's two muscles there, one called the deltoid and one called the pectoralis major. So we're just going to open those like a curtain, and now we're down on the front of the rotator cuff. So that front tendon, we're going to incise. So there's really only one muscle tendon unit that we're going to mess with, I guess. We're going to incise it, swing open that door, replace the shoulder, very minimal bone uh, removal, and then we're going to repair that tendon. Now, the caller's point is, what can I do? Let's say, when can you do it? You're going to go through a three-phase rehabilitation program, about a month of early motion, a month of early strength, a month of advanced strengthening. We tell patients at the end of that third month, you can start swinging a golf club, start swinging a tennis racket, start swimming. But you'll get better for a full year after that operation. But we, we kind of kick you out of the nest uh, about four months into it. Wow. What about um, the rotator cuff surgery? How is that different? It's interesting. We think that the uh, recovery from a total shoulder replacement for osteoarthritis is actually easier than a rotator. I was going to think what you were talking about that. I was it, saying, yeah, it sounds easier than it, a... It's uh, a little bit easier than a rotator cuff repair, but obviously a rotator cuff repair is much more common than a shoulder replacement. Uh, rotator cuff repair is probably one of the top 10 surgical procedures done in the United States and has been for 30 years. That just tells you how common it is. Shoulder replacement's not as common. So to the caller's point... The commonality of experience and the information out there may not be as as readily available. All right, great call. Appreciate that, Madeline from Western Springs. I've got one here from our Ask the Doctor segment. Somebody submitted this question. Again, we're talking with Dr. Greg Nicholson, subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. I'm your host, Steve Cashel. Uh, here it is, the question now. I had spinal fusion on April 3rd after having two uh, disectomies. My legs feel weak, especially my right leg. Also, my right leg is numb down to the toes. It seems, Doc, that it has gotten better but still exists. How long should I wait until I must accept that it will not be getting any better? Pretty complex question. Uh, And if I read this right, they've had a a previous spinal surgery, a discectomy. 
maybe two, or maybe they had a, a double level. Now they needed a spinal fusion because the segments uh, are a little unstable and they're having mechanical back pain. That's a fairly large operation, and that fusion's got to get solid. This is not his, this back's first rodeo either, so this is a, a revision surgery. Now we're talking about four months down the road here, um, and they're having what sounds like a little bit of sciatica, some nerve irritation going down the leg uh, and feeling some numbness in the toes. This probably is not that uncommon, and that spine surgeon would probably tell them, look, it's going to be 6 to 12 months uh, before you reach your optimal uh, situation. There's a lot of inflammation in the area. Uh, therapy is key, but you can't really do a lot of therapy till that spinal fusion is solid, and then they'll start advancing you. So uh, at this point, what I would uh, recommend to that patient is to make sure you're telling those exact things to your to your spine surgeon and your therapist uh, so that they can monitor that. Uh, some of that may take a long time to go away. And if you think about a nerve that's compressed, maybe it has some numbness. It's not feeling as well. Now that surgeon has decompressed that nerve. They've stabilized the spine. So now when you decompress the nerve, it's almost hypersensitive. So they're they're going through that process of almost feeling uh, too much. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time. But there are adjunctive medication they can use uh, for to control the inflammation and help that nerve pain. There's different types of uh, neurogenic uh, medication. Uh, I don't think this is in the realm of a, a cortisone injection or epidural steroid injection. But I don't think this, per this person, I would say, is in the bottom of the third inning in, in their in their recovery from that big operation. So I think they've got uh, some positivity to come. Good stuff. Dr. Greg Nicholson from Midwest Orthopedics of Rush. Again, subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole. We're going to take a break here on Sports Medicine Week. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about this topic, football heat deaths and the rising temperature. Was it preventable? Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. 